It's Tuesday, December 7th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now, lead tenor in the Yoko Ono Tabernacle Choir, J.P. Shadrach. <laughs> wow, how about that one, man? Welcome in. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on a Tuesday afternoon. J.P. Shadrick and a busy show ahead. Busy two hours coming up. Well, uh, uh, Jaguars analyst Jeff Lagerman is right around the corner, as he is every Tuesday. We'll recap week 13 for one final time. Thank goodness. 37-7, the Rams over the Jaguars. We'll look ahead to week 14. The Jaguars visit the Tennessee Titans, and they'll visit a stadium where they haven't won since... The first year of President Obama's second term in office, 2013, a long time ago. The Urban Meyer Show coming up at 5 o'clock. That's on the Jaguars radio network. We'll hear from head coach Urban Meyer, and we'll get his thoughts on the running back room. That's coming up at 5 o'clock. That's been the talk of the town the last couple days. Jeff Lagerman joining us now. What's up, man? It's all good. Hey, you, you're back. We're, we're back. Both, we're both yeah, back. We're both back. Right? We're both kind of away. It was a... a, a a, a distancing, a close contact thing. Neither one of us uh, were positive, which is great news. So we're back in the building uh, yesterday and today. Yeah, we, uh, we we had to stay away for five days. Yeah. And then at that point, then we had to have a negative test to return to work because of our uh, proximity to somebody who had tested positive. Mm-hmm. So uh, it is what it is. But uh, the first game that I haven't broadcast <laughs> since 2002. How, how strange was it to uh, be sitting in your living room watching it? I had, I, I can tell you, I had I had all had all my stuff laid out like I would for a game broadcast. Still kept all my notes, you know, and had my board and all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, it wasn't very fun, JP. And it wasn't so much fun just because I was in my own living room, but because the Jaguars didn't play well. No, they didn't. They and... Didn't. When the Rams came out and they scored on, I think, seven out of their first nine possessions, that's a little bit troublesome. I mean, seriously. I mean, seven out of the first nine possessions the Rams scored on. And and the Jaguars were able to have an opportunity there at first because things started to go bad. And then you're like, oh, my gosh. And then all of a sudden they scored a touchdown, put a nice drive together, not any kind of big plays or anything magical on that drive. It was just, you know, kind of a little bit here, a little bit there, and then they score a touchdown. It's 10-7. And then they have two great opportunities with field position. Mm. Uh, the first one, I think they were at the 40, and then the next one they were at the minus 49. Yeah. So minus 40, minus 49, and typically when you get in those type of ranges, the percentages of you scoring are extremely high, and they didn't. And so you could have, should have, had a situation there to where you go in at the half with the lead or at least, you know, being close, but instead you go into the half down, what, 17 or 7, 6, 16, 16, 7, 16, however you want to look at it. was the halftime score, yes. And then the Rams came out in the second half. And they said, all right. Touchdown, touchdown. Yeah. Another touchdown. Touchdown. Yeah, to <laughs> the big three receivers that we had talked yeah. about all week long. So, of course, as you mentioned there, Jags got in an early hole. Fought back, didn't have enough. Urban Meyer after the game, looking for some confidence around his football team. I wish I had all the answers, and I'd, I'd give them to you. I don't know the answers other than I know this, that you're going to keep swinging and keep working together. Uh, is there a confidence issue? Uh, anytime you're, you're not successful at something, that's something we've got to fight through. Confidence is a 
uh, result of success, and right now we're struggling with that. Yeah, offense not moving the ball, uh, under 200 yards total in the game, 197, 61 rushing yards. That's not what this offense that, wants to be. That's the problem right there, JP, 61 yeah. rushing yards. Not, not even close to enough. Okay, when, when you go back and you think of the beginning of the year and some of the conversation about what the foundation of this offense would be, do you remember what, it, what they talked about? I mean, you brought the offensive line back yeah, for a reason. All of them. You've got Linder back. Okay, so now you're essentially only missing one component, which is A.J. Cannon. Barch has been doing a pretty solid job at the right guard position. And you're not able to get back to the core of your beliefs, which is keeping the pressure off or what should be the core of your beliefs, which is running the football, keeping the pressure off of a young quarterback, and running your best running back in James Robinson. Well, James fumbles early in this ball game and then second play and then gets pulled mm-hmm. for a long stretch of the game which is a big question in and of itself why he got pulled I mean I understand when a player fumbles the ball that just like when a defensive lineman has an offsides when a a player has a a personal foul maybe a taunting call or something okay you take him out of the game for a play maybe two but to have a, a high-quality player and, and arguably your best offensive player to go to the sideline and not see it again for, for a long period of time, I, that was very curious. And then when Carlos Hyde fumbles later in the game, he's taken out for just a shorter period of time. I, I, it, it just, it was, I was confused. I'm not, I'm not sure how to understand or interpret that. He didn't touch the ball again until the third quarter. I mean, he was back in. He missed three the next three drives and then was back in. They ran some play action, didn't touch the ball, and then all of a sudden it was the end of the half. And then here he is in the third quarter. And then in garbage time at the end with only a couple minutes left, he's back in the game. Which he shouldn't well. have been in at that point. I mean, that, I mean – as soon as you got to the point where you're down a significant amount and then he has not touched the field, the game's over. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're trying to get your best offensive player, which is what James Robinson is, if you're trying to get your best offensive player healthy, that was a great opportunity to not expose him to further injury. But he goes in at the end of the game in garbage time. I'm not quite sure. Again, I don't understand that. And uh, and you know, look, we 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 heard what Urban said yesterday that that's you know running backs coach. He doesn't micromanage. You know, it's the offensive coordinator thing. And uh, and I, and I think that as a as a head coach, I mean, you've got to be aware of everything, and you've got to and you have input on everything, because I can tell you this: a head coach wants to give his team the best chance at success. And I think the best chance of success for this offense is through James Robinson. And and I think if you want to argue that, I'll argue with that all day long because I don't think there's another answer to having success as an offense. Well, the clip that's going around on social media came off a television show on our television partner, Action Sports Jacks, last night. James Robinson joins the crew, Dan Hicken and Brent Martineau, each and every Monday, and they asked if he felt like he was benched in the game. All right, man, it's the elephant in the room. Uh, I asked you this last week, 16 plays after the fumble. Obviously, you don't want to fumble, and especially mm-hmm. in consecutive right. games. Uh, but then 20 plays on the sideline. I mean, this time, did you feel like you got benched? Uh, I, would, I would say so. I mean, 
obviously, like I said last week, I mean, it can't happen. But, I mean, when you're when it happens and then you're out for that long, it's just kind of like you, you got to feel that way. I mean, but I was just waiting my chance to go back in the game and didn't really come to the third quarter. So. So that's James Robinson last night. That's his normal appearance on that uh, television show on Action Sports Jacks, and uh, we thank them for the audio and video there. You know, it, it, James is in his second year. He was an undrafted player last season, had a great rookie campaign. Coming back, He's seems like a modest and, and humble player. So, you know, as a modest and humble player, you're going to go in when the coach tells you to go in, right? Yeah, you're not going to you're not going to stir anything up. That's that's the idea, but that's he was asked the question and answered the question how he answered it. Well, you know, I'm curious what Urban Meyer um, has to say tonight on the Urban Meyer show about this, and I'm sure they'd like to, you know, put it behind uh, everybody and move on to well, the last the five games. It is it's, the it's, topic. It's, it's a topic right now, and sure that's and it shouldn't be, and and it, and it shouldn't be from the from the standpoint of. First of all, let me, let me say this. I think James Robinson handled the questions in a very professional way. Uh, I, you know, J- James wasn't mad. He didn't uh, uh, lash out or anything of that nature. I think he honored in a very honest way. And you could tell that he's bothered by it because the game's important to him. And James is one of the most highly respected players in the locker room. And whether or not there was an intended punishment or not by taking James out of the ball game for that period of time, perception becomes reality, JP, in that situation. So the perception of the rest of the locker room is is that James is getting punished, but he's our best player. Why are we punishing him, some of the players might say, when Aaron Donald, who's one of the strongest guys in the National Football League, just pulled that ball out. Uh, That can happen because – that guy is really good. Okay, so you have to be careful in this situation because if you are, and this was perception, can be reality now, if you are perceived as mistreating a high-character, high-quality guy in your locker room, the effect that it would have not on that player, but the effect that it would have on the rest of the locker room is the thing that you have to worry about the most. And that's important. So whatever happens going forward, that needs to be straightened out because James Robinson is a highly respected player in the locker room, and he is a team guy first. Make no mistake about it. So I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I just hope that, that that all gets worked out because we've seen in the past here in Jacksonville that we've seen good players leave. Yes, so many, yes. And James Robinson is a good player. And right now, if I'm James, I'm not feeling the love. I'm not. And I'm questioning, do I continue to play hurt for a team that's not giving me any love? Right? I mean, because you're talking about careers here now. Yeah. And this guy is still giving you everything he's got. It may not be his 100% healthy. But he's given you what he's got, and you got to respect that. And then when you when you take him out and bench him for having a fumble, and then you don't give the same treatment to a Carlos Hyde, what's the perception? Yeah, the perception is reality, and you can't do that. You know. And here's the, here's the thing: the fumble that James Robinson had 
with Aaron Donald muscling him and ripping at the ball yeah, and pulling two, at him. He spun around twice and finally got it out of there. Which which one is worse? The Carlos Hyde fumble where a guy sticks an arm out and the ball pops out? Or Aaron Donald, strongest guy in the National Football League, spinning Aaron, James Robinson around? I mean, I, yeah. the one on Carlos Hyde is one you'd go, man, he, cover the ball up, man. The one on Aaron Donald's like, could we? I mean, I mean it's, Great player, right. strong player, and the other part is <laughs> block him. <laughs> I, I, I also the other part of this. Who's supposed to block Aaron yeah, Donald on right. the play? JP, do we take him block, out of the game? Block the guy and put him on the bench for twenty plays. Easier said than done. I mean, but seriously, if, right. if you if you want to have accountability, then Trevor Lawrence has had ten interceptions or ten, eleven. Ten, yes. Four fumbles. Mm-hmm. Does Trevor get taken out for twenty plays? You know, so I mean, that's my my point is is that you got to be careful about about how you treat somebody, and about and it's not about okay is is it personal, but the perception becomes reality because people are looking to see how somebody's treated, especially when they're highly respected like James. We've got plenty ahead on Jaguars Happy Hour. We're here until five o'clock, and then the Urban Meyer Show at five o'clock on the Jaguars Radio Network, including here on Ten Ten XL. We'll hear from head coach Urban Meyer on that uh, running back situation and much more. Recapping the Jags' loss to the Los Angeles Rams, and we'll look ahead, look ahead a little bit to the Tennessee Titans in Week Fourteen. PRI Productions, the official event production. The official event production company of the Jags has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit PRIproductions.com. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by DreamFinders Homes, homes that fit your lifestyle. And by Baptist Health, changing healthcare for good. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on a Tuesday afternoon. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman, Dave DeCandis, Brent Reber on our crew today. And the Jaguars will face the Tennessee Titans in Week 14. We're recapping this Week 13 loss, though, for the Jaguars to the Los Angeles Rams. And, you know, the, the Jags' defense was on the field a good bit. They The Rams had a 10-play field goal drive in the their second field goal of the game. They had another 10-play field goal drive that they missed a touchdown throw to Beckham on that drive, but had to settle for a field goal. And then in the second half, two of the three touchdown drives were 10 plays as well. I mean, that's a long time to be on the field. And combine that with three and outs on the other side, then um, your, your defense is running out of petrol, if you will. Yeah, but, I mean, at the same token, you can – save some of your own petrol by getting off the field. True. And, Get a three uh, and out of your own. The concerning uh, trend uh, right now with this defense is that they're starting to regress as far as run defense goes. I mean, that was a, a Rams team that was not supposed to be that type of running team. No. Especially I mean, with their lead guy out. Well, the, Yeah, exactly. They were uh, – who was it uh, – Daryl Henderson was Henderson, out. Well, Henderson was active, but he right, didn't right. play. Didn't play. So Sonny he was on sideline, and you know he thought he which, was. Which uh, Henderson Jr. By the way, is one of the top. He's thirteenth ranked rusher in the National Football League, so a good player. But the reality is, is that the Rams have not been a great run team. So this is kind of very similar to the Atlanta game. Okay, Atlanta 
going into the game, wasn't a great running team. And Corderell Patterson, Cordero Patterson was out for a little bit. He's coming back, but he was a little nicked up with the ankle kind of the thing. And we talked about before that game that the Atlanta Falcons offensive line was not the greatest in the world and that they had a weakness at the center position, we felt, and me and Tony Baselli both felt, that that was something that the Jaguars should be able to, to do well against is that center of the, of the Falcons offensive line. Well, fast forward to this game. And their center, Brian Allen, gets hurt early in the game because Miles Jack just jacks him up. He twists his ankle, whatever he did. And, uh, but I can tell you what, it happened on a play that Miles Jack jacked him up. <laughs> I'm talking stoned him. And so he goes out, and they bring in a backup center, uh, Coleman Shelton, I believe it was. And so he has to play the rest of the way for the center. So you got a backup center. So, okay, so now, okay, advantage a little bit more Jaguars, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they weren't a great running team before. They're missing their starting center, who's a pretty good player. They're missing their starting running back. And then all of a sudden, they rush for 100 and... 128 as a team, yeah, 121 by Sonny Michelle. And so here, here's the concerning part. In the last four games, the Jaguars have allowed 575 yards rushing Eesh. on 125 carries. Ooh. That's averaging 4.6 yards a carry. Do you remember when this team was one of the top five defenses in the league at yards per rush allowed? Yeah. No, well, they're falling out of that. They're not that. They're not that. And this Why? is Why? Well, they haven't been playing well enough. I mean, it's, it's yeah, twofold. But is it, is it... It's offensively and defensively. It's the yeah. offense and that they're not giving the defense a break. Okay. But then it's also it's the defense taking advantage of their own opportunities. Yeah, how no, many how uh, many self-inflicted wounds did the Jaguars have over the last couple of weeks defensively? A lot, yeah. Where they would have gotten off the That's field. That's right, yeah. So, you, I mean, as a defense, you can't sit there and point fingers at, oh, it's the offense's fault. Uh, but in the run game in particular, is it – the middle of the D line is it guys missing gaps from well, the second it, level? It, it what can is be, it? it can be, or, or is it different things each time? It's it can it's typically different things each time. For example, in the Atlanta game, you had an opportunity on one play, and Devon Hamilton gets blown out. I mean, blown out by that center we thought wasn't very good. And then another one, Josh Allen doesn't close the gap. There you go. Okay, you have another one. Okay, that Wingard doesn't make a play when he's essentially being the extra unblocked guy in the box. You know, so it's a, it's a shared responsibility type thing. The linebacker, Damian Wilson, not getting the proper read and filling in the gap where he's still playing pass this past game against the Rams. I mean, it's, it's never one thing, unfortunately, because if it was, you would just replace that component and then try to get better with that one component and you move on. But that's why you're not seeing wholesale changes with the defense. It's sometimes it's one of those things that it kind of rotates. JP, it's your fault. And then, okay, it's Dave over there behind our control board. Okay, then it's my fault the next time. And it's, you know, it's Remember just, the game Whack-A-Mole? Remember that? The, exactly. That's what it is. <laughs> the next right. one pops up. So that, that's the disappointing thing that, that you have so many different components that are taking turns messing up, including the mental factor of stopping the opponent. Because when you start to have the self-inflicted wounds, then it's hard to have a good performance to compete. Because it's it's already hard enough to stop good teams. Play action became a factor too. You know, the, the, the long play to Cooper Cup. We're actually going to look at that and break it down on Jaguars All Access. Oh, yeah. I like that. All Access. And the reason I, I bring that up is because, you know, if you're allowing these yards rushing over the last X number of games – 
How many times have we heard coaches here in Jacksonville talk about the importance of play action and how it impacts explosive plays? We've heard it all the time. All the time. All the time. And the, the, the most explosive play, I think that was the biggest play that the Rams had in that game, wasn't it, with the 43-yarder to Cooper Cup? I believe so. I don't think that there was a longer play in the ballgame. That was a play-action play that they got bid on. And we will break that down on Jaguars All Access on Thursday night. It was second and three from their own 22-yard line. Which is, okay, what did they do the play before? Do you remember? I don't know. I can find it. Pull it up. Pull it up. Okay, okay, okay. The reason reason I want you to pull that up, (laughs) success on first down translates to what? Success on first down translates to success on second down. Mm -hmm. Success on third down. So, yeah, first and 10 from their own 15. Stafford short pass left to Jefferson for seven yards. So it's okay. second and three from the 22. Okay, Su- success on first there down. And the Jaguars, how many second and threes did we see the Jaguars have in the ballgame? Oh, yeah, not I don't not know if they had many. one. Yeah, not, not many. I mean, so mm. the, the importance of staying on schedule and then the Rams are running the ball successfully – and then the big play was play action, and that Cooper Cup shows like he's blocking. Rudy Ford's got man coverage, and it, you know you you lose your eyes for just a minute, okay? And that's all it takes. But if it's not second and three, do the eyes end you're up not looking in the back? They're not right. If it's second yeah. and eight or seven, you're thinking in your mind pass. You're not thinking, oh, I've got to be aware of play action. You're, you're, you're thinking pass all the way. You're, and so that's the difference in the mindset. And, and this defense right now, and we said this at the beginning of the year, and that won't change. It's the same thing for the offense. For this defense to have success, they have to be dominant against the run to have a better chance against the pass because they still need to find talent to be effective against the pass. Offensively, we knew that they would have to be really good with the run just to protect a young quarterback who's developing. And right now, at this stage of the season, this football team is not doing either one of them at a decent level. And that's why this team right now is regressing, because they're not doing either one of those key components at at a level that they need to be at. Middle of the season, there was about a four-game stretch where Josh Allen had you know seven tackles one game, seven the next, six with a couple sacks one game, and then the Josh Allen game where he had the interception and the fumble recovery and all that. Uh, had a game down, it was only two tackles. Then week 11, 10 tackles, a career high for him. But the last two weeks, he's had three tackles, two tackles, um, and you know, after that 10-tackle game in Week 11, you thought, okay, hey, he could trend towards maybe Pro Bowl level this year. It's his best season in his career, at least statistically. Uh, where, you know, after these last two weeks, why has he taken maybe a step back defensively, and, and can he regain that with five games to go? I don't know exactly why that his performance has been quieter. Is it an uh, injury of some kind? Could be. Uh, don't know. But uh, and here's the thing: he's not going to tell you one way or the other what it is. No, and I, we haven't seen him on the injury report. Nope. Nope. But as we know, the injury report isn't always accurate because players always have ailments. And literally, if you had an, if you were being honest about injury reports, every player <laughs> in the league the would have something on the injury report. Just that's just reality, and. 
He has not played to the Josh Allen level that we we were going, wow, the 49ers game and before that. Yeah. Uh, the game against Indianapolis was a really strong game by him. Buffalo game was a tremendous Great game. game. Yep. And the last two has just been quiet. And in fact, this this past game, watching the game live, I literally at the end of the game, I went, did Josh Allen play? Was he out there? Yeah. They were two assist tackles. They weren't even so. Yeah, they weren't. Yeah. yeah. And it was not, it was not the, the, the type of game that we have come to see from Josh Allen this year. But that – you know, like I said, I don't know if he's injured or or if it's something else going on, but that's not not the that's not the level that this defense needs for them to be successful. You know what will cheer us up? A trip to Nashville, Tennessee. Logs. We'll talk about food the Tennessee, and music. Tennessee Titans uh, are there also, and hopefully a little a little rivalry, kind of getting back, fanning the flames a little bit, get get it going. I mean, look, Tennessee has not been on a roll exactly. Right, they're still in first place. I know, but they what, what have they done the last two games, JP? They they've been off last week, and then they okay, all right, L okay, all right, L. Uh, we'll get into their teams coming up. What's going on with the Titans? Of course, at five o'clock, the Urban Meyer Show. Head coach Urban Meyer will join us. Plenty to discuss, of course, with Coach Meyer coming up at five o'clock on the Jaguars Radio Network. If you're looking for the MVP of the truck game, look no further than Ford F-150. Loaded with impressive capability and designed to dominate work, play, and everything in between, this truck makes tough look easy, and no wonder it's the official truck of the NFL and proud partner of your Jacksonville Jaguars. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on a Tuesday afternoon. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman and Jaguars Game Day Radio is brought to you by Vistar Credit Union. Do good, bank better. The Jaguars are 2-10. and 10. They're headed to Nashville, Tennessee, Music City, USA, this Sunday to face the Tennessee Titans at Nissan Stadium on the banks of the Cumberland River, a place they haven't won since 2013. That, Logs, that game was November of that year. It was the Quadfecta game. Will Blackman. Had the sack, the fumble force, the fumble recovery, and the touchdown to put the Jags in the extra point, put them up nine. Tennessee scored again late to make it a two-point game, 29-27 Jaguars. Which was uh, the huge play now, the quadfecta. Huge. I'm glad you remember that terminology. Yeah. It's good. It's yeah. good, JP. You got a steel trap here. Yeah, <laughs> Steel trap. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, look, uh, Tennessee, if you look at the history of the uh, – the battle, I guess you could say, between these two teams. It's a it's a thorn in the side of the Jaguars organization going all the way back to the AFC Championship game, which I think, I don't want to say was the beginning of it, but that's the one that I think that hurt the most when this team had a clear path to, to the Super Bowl and was unable to capitalize on what was a wildly successful 1999 season. And then to add insult to injury, the comments by Jeff Fisher – just further inflame the matter a little bit. And so there's always a little special place, I think, in the hearts of Jaguars fans for the Tennessee Titans, and it's not a good place in the heart. I can tell you that. It's yeah. a very dark place. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> right. But the good thing that, that this week, the Tennessee Titans aren't at full strength, or at least not expected to be at full strength. And even if they had A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, and the, the thinking is that the the 
Titans could get Julio Jones back because he was brought onto the designated to return list, which means that he can practice for up to 21 days and then could come back at any period of time within this 21-day period or window that is open. Most teams have a player like that. They'll put him back on the active roster the very first week. But could he not be ready at the end of one week? Maybe. Yeah, and they've got a playoff run to worry about and all that, they hope. A.J. Brown is still on injured yeah. reserve, so he's not a possibility of coming back this week. So that's good. Derrick Henry is on injured reserve, and Mike Vrabel was asked this week about the timeline for his return, and he said he won't be back this week, and that's all I'm willing, willing to share. Okay. Which, for Jaguar fans and Jaguars the team, that's all that matters to them. He's not coming back this week. Thank goodness. So, what kind of a team are they? They're not as good of a team as they are when they've got Derrick Henry. Because Derrick Henry's a great player. And Tannehill, is Tannehill a guy that can carry a franchise? No. I mean, that's kind of been proven. And especially he can't do that when he doesn't have his top two weapons on offense or what were expected to be his top two weapons. Julio Jones has never even developed into that. What is his numbers for the year? Yeah. Um, I got them right here. Yeah. Julio Jones. Okay. And they traded some draft picks to get him. 21 catches. That's not exactly the number that you would expect to see from Julio Jones. But when he's caught the ball, he's averaged 16 yards a catch. How many touchdowns does he have? None. Not, not enough. None. Yeah, zero. None. That's right. So, and they, and they gave up a pretty good penny, I think, for Julio Jones. He's only played six games. Yeah. So, I mean, I look, if, if you're the Jaguars, it's not like you're sitting there going, oh, no, we're – we got a tough, we got a tough one this week. I don't know how we're going to well, do it against this Tennessee Titans team. You know, well, uphill battle. No, I'll, I'll, logs. No, JP. I'm logs. just, I'm just, I'm JP. I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm positive. I'm thinking positive, even though this team has struggled offensively and struggled scoring, scoring points. Yes. How many points have the Titans scored in the last two games? Not many. Thirteen apiece. That's right. Well, that would be enough to beat the Jaguars if the average <laughs> continues right now, right? You're right. Since the bye week, the Jaguars are averaging just under 11 points per game. Well, it's uh, 64 points in six games. That's you're just under 11. And it's the trends. It's not like they were scoring so more lately. I don't want to be, you know. No, I know. I'm, I'm, just, with, you. I'm, I'm not, with you. Glass half empty, okay, but reality sets in at some point. And they're all difficult is my point right now. But my point is, is that let's say you find a way to score two touchdowns. Find a way. Yeah. And then you, you end up maybe kicking a couple field goals. Okay, that's 20 points. 20 points might be enough to beat Tennessee if you play good defense, which the Jaguars' defense, as I said just a little bit ago, is not trending in the right direction. But were they trending in the right direction when they beat Buffalo? They've had some good defensive performances this year. Yeah. Yes, they have. So yes, and I, I think a big part of that too is is getting Shaq Griffin back. That'll help. He's a leader. He's a, a part of the leadership of that defense. Getting him back. Got to get Josh Allen back on track. You got to get the middle of that defense back to being stout again. They've been getting pushed around a little bit, and if they continue to get pushed around, then they're they're not going to have a chance. As a team. I mean, seriously. They've got to be better up front. Got to be better up front because that's always where it starts. And, like, Malcolm Brown's been pretty good. Gotsis, eh, this past game. 
and and Devon Hamilton. Eh. Didn't play this week. Oh, I know. But before that, yeah. eh. Yeah, got pushed around against Atlanta. Yeah. Got, I mean, got pushed around. So they need to find a way to get back to being stout and having those two headache-making linebackers, Damian Wilson and Miles Jack, rolling. Because it says even without Derrick Henry in there, this is a team that, especially without the playmakers outside, they want to run the ball. And last time out, they had two guys go over 100 yards. Deontay Foreman, Dontrell Hilliard, both guys who haven't had a lot of time around the league the last year or so. Only about three games each in the NFL for each of those guys. We've seen Foreman before with the Texans in his past. Um, Hilliard's bounced around a little bit, but form has kind of fallen from grace. I mean, wasn't he was like a higher a, pick yeah, and then came out of Texas, I believe. Yeah, uh, but I mean, he was yeah. kind of one of those guys that was be, expected to be a really good player. Uh, and I don't remember what round he. I thought he was a. I thought he was a pretty decent high round pick, and a lot of people thought the arrow was pointing up on him, and then all of a sudden his career just kind of fizzled fizzled out, and almost disappeared. Yeah, he was a third-round pick Yeah, the Texans back in 17, out of Texas. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So. Weird. Weird how that is because, I mean, he was a guy that was expected to do really good things for the Texans. Now, for the Titans, you know, not bad. No, just, you know, in reality, it's not a long-term play for them there, um, but it's to plug the hole and try to get them to the end of the – to the finish line of the regular season and then figure out where Derrick Henry is. But – that's uh, what's what they're up against this week. They will hand it off a bunch to those guys. So you got to be able to stop it. Even I, without I, just, I can tell you this, if I was a defensive back, I'd be like, Phew. <laughs> no Derrick Henry this week. Yeah, right. Don't <laughs> worry about that stiff arm. And stiff the, arm, the oh. highlight films. The uh, the, the highlight films, uh, he, he makes more defensive backs look so bad. When he runs the ball, when he gets out in the space, and that's, yeah, defensive backs don't like being part of the Derrick Henry film. No, we've seen that firsthand before. The uh, other side of the ball, this uh, Titans defense, they've got a couple guys that can get to the quarterback. Jeffrey Simmons has some big numbers this year. Harold Landry has ten sacks on the year. Yeah, he's, he's a good player up there and, and playing well. It's not like they're big heralded names. And then on the back end. Kevin Byard's a safety who's had a track record of interceptions against this franchise, but is he, he might he's got be around on, five on the year. Is he on COVID? I think he ended up uh, being, and maybe I'm wrong, but I thought I saw that he went on on the COVID list. Hmm. Um, well, he he's activated today. Okay, right, activated so he was today. on the he COVID on list. The list. Now he's, he's activated off. today, according to the Tennessean. Yeah, he's a good player. He's a good player, and uh, defensively for them. They've been a really good team against the run. Jeffrey Simmons is a guy, and I'm assuming he's been playing late. I haven't watched the film yet, but uh, but he he was a dominant force in the first game. He's just a large human. He's good. Yeah, I mean he's really good. Yeah, you know, is he as good as what Albert Hainsworth was for the Tennessee Titans back in his heyday? Probably not, but he's really good. I mean. He's Big, strong, physical, can play the run, can pass rush, pushes guys around. Yeah, he's a handful now. He's a handful. And I guarantee you one of the reasons why Landry has the sacks that he has is because Simmons can push the pocket. I mean, he's a big, strong man. So, I think this is a good matchup this week, JP. I'm you feeling, like I'm it. feeling confident. Okay, I like this on a Tuesday. Yeah, well, yeah I'm uh, feeling confident. Early in the week, you know, going into December a little bit now. 
I just look. Road. I know one thing. You're 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 back in the fold again this week, so you're like, oh yeah, let's go. Well, I just I, I just want to see this football team finish the season outright. Because you know our expectation going into the season was that this was going to be a tough year. We knew it was going to be tough. When I say tough, as far as you got a rookie quarterback, and we talked about the Troy Aikman rookie season, mm-hmm. the Peyton Manning rookie season. And our expectation was it might be like that. Might be. And it has been. But the problem that we're, that we're having right now is that we're, we need to start to see something that shows that this offense is getting better, that this team is getting better, that Trevor Lawrence is getting better. That's what you want. you got to have something to sink your teeth into at the end of the season. And you got five games to do that. So you better start getting some hay put in a barn for Sunday. I'm going to tell you that. You got to start working on it because this football team needs to close out this season the right way. If you want to end up having some positivity to finish the year out, because right now there's not a lot of positivity right now. And the only way that you do that is by playing better and winning games. And we, we said at the beginning of the year that this was about Trevor Lawrence. Where has his numbers been? Not good lately. Not That's a problem. Lately. Yeah, it's a real problem. Uh, we'll come back in just a moment. The Baptist Health Injury Report. We'll take a look at the AFC South standings, though you probably have an idea already. We'll look at the upcoming schedules in the division as well in the final five weeks of the season. Then at 5 o'clock, it's the Urban Meyer Show. We'll hear from Jaguars head coach Urban Meyer and get his thoughts on last week's loss to the Rams, an early look at the Titans this week, and, yes, the talk of the town, the running back room. That's all coming up at 5 o'clock. And this is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on a Tuesday afternoon, and veterans choose VA for the benefits you've earned. Visit choose.va.gov. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman. Coming up at 5 o'clock, we're uh, about 12 minutes away from the Urban Meyer Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. We'll hear from the Jaguars head coach today and get his final thoughts on the loss to the Rams, the offensive production or lack thereof for a lot of the game this past week and some reasons why the defense uh, had some issues in the game and then uh, the talk of the town, the running back room. We'll uh, ask Urban about that coming up in about uh, 12, 11 minutes from right now on the Urban Meyer Show. Let's take a look at the Baptist Health injury report. Baptist Health changing health care for good. And uh, on the reserve injured list, Dan Arnold, Jamal Agnew, A.J. Can still there, of course, Chark with a broken leg, Travis Etienne Jr., and Terry Godwin. But the names that you'll hear this week coming up, uh, Brandon Linder ha- came out of the game this past week with a back issue, as did Ben Barch. Um, Tyson Campbell had an abdominal issue but returned to the game. That's good news. Shaq Griffin missed the game with a concussion. Mm-hmm. And we'll see what the progress is with him. Maybe ask Urban about that coming up too. So And Ben Barch. Ben Barch, yep. He uh, came out of the game last week also. Yeah, so. It, uh, Some questions there. Yeah, the, the thing with Linder, I'd. I remember it was the uh, the first part of the second half, and I went, holy cow, where'd Leonard go? And uh, I guess it was a back injury of some kind before the half, and that he comes out. And 
Once again, Shatley to the rescue, you know what I mean? And Shatley's been really good. And Shatley is by far the most valuable backup on this team, and he's been that way for a number of years. I mean, that's uh, – it's no, Shatley is no stranger to having to play. I mean, he's got 30 career starts under his belt, and 30 career starts as a backup, which a lot of them have be, been because of Linder's had different issues – ailments, et cetera, and uh, hopefully Linder's good to go because you know, he's already had a tough go of it with the knee and the ankle co- you know, combined that took him out for a while. And I thought Linder played pretty well while he was in there, and then when Shatley came in, I thought he played pretty well. The The problems I think that the Jaguars had on the offensive line was Barch and Norwell. And, oh, by the way, they had to block Aaron Donald. Yeah, so that I was mean, – <laughs> That's kind of one of those things where what do you expect? You can't expect them to be to be great when you're playing against a great player. The other guy that I thought played pretty well for the for the Rams was Greg Gaines, 91 defensive tackle, kind of one of those big, plotting type nose tackles. I thought he he was very active and I thought he was physical. I thought Leonard Floyd played well for the Rams. I didn't think Von Miller did much, and Von Miller is now without a sack since he joined the Rams. So. You know, when you talk about stars, shouldn't they be talking about Leonard Floyd a little bit, the guy on the other side, yeah. more than they should be talking about Von Miller? So that's and, – and Von Miller, I think that was a really good trade for the Broncos. I do. You don't think? Well, I mean, I'll say this. I, I'm not going to write off Von Miller yet because at some point he can go in and get three sacks in a row. You know how he plays sometimes. I know. I mean, look at – We've seen that here a couple of years ago. Remember? At the I end know, of the game, here he goes. All of a sudden he's in the backfield twice, sack, sack. But I, I don't I don't see – I don't see when, – when you see a guy that has that, that type of ability, like T.J. Watt, what did he have, like three and a half this weekend against Baltimore? Right. Yeah. Okay, when you see a guy like that, his motor runs and it doesn't stop. When you watch Von Miller play now, yeah, and he's dealing with like an ankle or something too. A couple weeks ago, JP, I don't know what it is, but I can just tell you that when you watch him play, that motor's not running. Okay, you know, like Smoot. When Smoot plays for the Jaguars, his motor rolls. You know, he's not going to get three sacks in a game, but his motor's rolling, and Von Miller's motor doesn't. It's it's not rolling. Hmm. He he kind of picks and chooses when he goes full speed. And other times when he's not going full speed, he kind of is a little bit of a spectator. Which if I'm the Rams, I'm going, if the old Bill Parcells trick, you take the gas tank, you go and you put it in his locker, and you just ask him, hey, I'm wondering if you got any, any fuel left in the tank. You know, you never heard that story about Bill Parcells? No. Bill Parcells, I can't remember who he did that to. He did that to somebody to right. motivate them right. because it was an older player and he was giving them a hard time and said, look, you're playing like you don't have any you don't have any gas left in a tank. So here's gas tank. Did it work? Guy, I think the guy ended up playing really well. Okay, well, there you stretch. go. So could Sean McVay put a gas tank in Von Miller's locker? I don't think he's going to do that. Ooh, yeah. Parcells could get away with that. Gas is like six bucks a gallon in California right now, by the way. Well, too. you just buy them one of them little weed whacker ones, <laughs> little, like the little, little like one-gallon one. Gallon one. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, let's take a look at the AFC South standings through week 13, and as you would expect, it's the same. Tennessee leads the way, 8-4. and four. Indy, 7-6. and six. 
Houston 2-10, Jacksonville 2-10. Of course, the Jags have not won in the division. The Jags are 2-0 against the AFC East, though. But my prediction on Monday earlier in the year, I had a, a lock that I made that the Jags would sweep the AFC East. That looks horrible now. You know, they might get the Jets. The Patriots are playing really well. So, we'll see. A lot of football left. That was uh, – I, I, I wasn't able to stay awake for the entirety of the game last night. Yeah. But uh, I stayed awake until about halftime. I'm about a halftime guy on Monday Night Football anymore. And uh, the Patriots are good now. What time do you eat dinner? I'm kidding. Know. I'm just a joke. I'm what kidding. You, What's that got to do with I'm me? Just, I, I don't know. I'm getting older. I'm just, you know. Are you? Well, you're getting older. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Aren't you turning 40 next, this um, coming Sunday? Correct. Correct. It's a true story. JP turns 40 this Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need to have like a little birthday celebration of some kind. I'll be sitting right here. I'll be sitting right here. You guys will be in Nashville. I mean, we'll be in Nashville. We've got to to do something, man. I'll be right here. 40? All of them. I've been here for all of them. You sure you ain't 50? I'm very sure. (laughs) Yes. And I'm not 30 either. That's for sure. So, Ah, uh, JP. That's what it is. Uh, Time marches on. Let's take a look at the AFC South uh, upcoming schedules the rest of the way. Five weeks to go. Now, the question is, can the Colts overtake the Titans, there are some tough schedules for both no, of those teams. they cannot. Up. You don't think so? No. Carson Wentz is not, is not good enough. Okay. And, they and can I, run and, the ball. And I think Tennessee is a, a pretty gritty team. And but that uh, schedule for Tennessee, I mean, the next couple I, weeks look, at I, least. Look, look at the Tennessee. Look at the schedule for the Colts, the too, Colts, now. All right. So the Colts coming up by this week. Yeah, they're going to win England that one. England next. Uh, the week 15, and then at Arizona, week 16. Two best teams, AFC and NFC, back-to-back. The Raiders aren't going down without a fight. They play them week 17. And, and they're, they're pretty good. The Jaguars won't go down without a fight either, week 18, right here in, in Jacksonville against the Colts. Yeah, I'm, I, hope, I hope they don't I'm go saying. down without a fight. The Titans. What uh, about the Texans? They got a chance to make it back? Back where? The division lead. Uh, no, they're officially eliminated <laughs> from playoff contention after this weekend. The Jaguars <sighs> would have been had the Bills won last night. So the Jaguars are still mathematically alive. The, the crazy thing is that that team beat the Jaguars week one. I know, right? That's, yeah. That's disappointing. Yeah. yeah. We had that one circled that all was, offseason. That was a tough one. That's the one. Oh, we're going to get the – okay, week one, dub – well, well the we, we were talking about Houston like dumpster fire, right? That was the term I heard thrown around, yes. And then all of a sudden, Houston is able to do it. So, I don't know. I, I, look, I can tell you this. I, I think this is as uh, entertaining that the NFL has been in a long time. As far as, you know, there's, we, all, we, we thought we knew before the season who the contenders were. Mm-hmm. And now there's some teams sneaking in there that are saying, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Don't don't quite crown the champion yet, and this this year I think the season has come down to some fantastic games, some fantastic finishes. I mean, it's about it, it, unless you're watching the Jaguars, this has been about as good of an NFL season as that you could possibly watch. Coming up in just a few minutes, the Urban Meyer Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. What do you want to hear from Urban tonight, Logs? I want to hear about the running back situation. I want to find out if he's talked to James Robinson. I think that's imperative. He's a he's a very well respected player in the locker room, 
and I want to know how what's happened. Has anything happened there? Because I, I you know, and I don't know if there's going to be if he's going to give us the answer on that or not. He, he said before that he doesn't micromanage. Will he continue to say that? I don't know. But we got to ask him. Has anything come of that situation? It's been the talk of the town. It's been after the press conference uh, after the game, and then the press conference Monday, and then. James Robinson's television appearance last night. There's been a lot of things out there around that situation, and we'll see if Urban has anything for us coming we'll up. We'll find out. Yeah, that's uh, right around the corner, uh, about a minute or so from right now on the uh, network. So Jaguars are headed to Tennessee this week to face the Titans. They haven't won at Nissan Stadium, the Jaguars, since 2013. They'll try to snap that skid up there in a place they haven't won a lot of games historically this week against the first-place Tennessee Titans. Coming up, the Urban Meyer Show on the Jaguars radio network. We'll hear from the Jags head coach, get his final thoughts on the L.A. Rams game this past week at SoFi Stadium. The Jaguars lost that one 37-7. Had some offensive issues, of course, throughout the game. The defense out on the field a lot. Some quick turnarounds, too, after three and outs for the Jags offense. We'll get his thoughts on both sides of the ball and then move ahead to the Tennessee Titans a second time to face the Titans and uh, a little different look for the coaching staff and the Jags players this time for Tennessee. They have some frontline players out or possibly out this week, most notably, of course, the running back, Derrick Henry. So plenty to get to coming up. That's just in a few moments with uh, Urban Meyer, the Jaguars head coach. Thanks for our entire crew. Dave DeCandis on the audio today. Brent Reber on the video. For Jeff Lagerman, I'm J.P. Shadrick. This has been... Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. The Urban Meyer Show coming up next.